0: West End Abbey is a contemplative vineyard church in the west end of Winnipeg, in Manitoba, Canada. This is a homily from one of our services. As I was contemplating Advent this week and the mystery of it, I thought on um, how one of the activities that I entered in in my 20s was taking a lot of road trips. Some people don't like road trips, but I actually like traveling in the car for long distances. And I learned that sometimes um, people have different opinions about the way they like to travel in a road trip. I am one of the people that like to stop at different places and take time and go slow and have rest stops. And I learned that some of my friends who are with me are the opposite. They like to just get to their destination and stop as, at least as possible. And neither of those things are wrong. But, but as I took my last few trips, I learned to love the balance of both those friends. My roadie friends would come and pick me up at my house super early in the morning. And we would drive, we would listen to everyone's favorite songs, and we would even get frustrated and annoyed at each other as we spent multiple hours in a squishy vehicle together. We also would sleep, talk, and sometimes randomly stop at neat little places along the way that were more memorable for us than the actual destination where we were going. Um, Then at last, we would finally make it to our place. We would unfold our bodies and get out of the squishy vehicle after 13 hours, and still enjoy where we ended up. And all the cries on the way, the are we there yet, and the annoyances and the idiosyncrasies of everybody seemed to fade into the background as we made it to the place and saw the people that were waiting for us. Advent, as Hill mentioned, is a season that holds for us the remembering of the three comings of Christ in celebration intention and this particular sunday is advent sunday and it looks on the third coming of christ when he will come when he will return in power and glory we wait for god who meets us in all these three ways he came as the baby in a manger he came in the flesh to dwell among us when he lived on earth and by his spirit in the here now he comes to be with us And finally, will be coming in a day in the future when we will see him at last, the one who keeps his promise, the one who we have hoped and longed for. Our gospel passage this morning are the words of Jesus to his disciples and his people as they wait for his final coming. And if I'm really honest with you, as I sat with this passage this week, I was kind of nervous about it. Some of the the return passages and the apocalyptic passages kind of make me squirm a little bit because there are things that aren't always clear. Um, but it seems that Jesus wanted to tell us these things so it would be clear. Jesus likes to, to not be a man that springs that things on us but lets us see things really as they are. And so at the beginning of the passage when he talks about the things that would happen in the sky and the earthquakes and the se- stirring up of the seas and the stars, he knew that these things would shake us and maybe allow for a little fear. So if you're, if you're feeling that this morning, that's okay. Um, be, with, be with that. But I also feel his heart is to have us move from the fear and the worrisome things that we see as signs in our world uh, to, to the waiting, to seeing clearly um, his return and the renewal, renewal of all things. I'm also struck in this passage that Jesus used words of action. He called us to see, to watch, to lift up our head, to be alert. It wasn't just like a passive waiting and longing that we're called to, but we're supposed to be awake and alert even as we wait. As we hope to see him, he invites us to see the signs of our world, the things that make us groan, the painful things, um, and not stick our head in the sand as if we have this fatalistic attitude of, well, it's just going to all... And and that's the way that it's going to be. Jesus invited us to more than that. He invites us to have a gaze of hope as we see the signs of his coming. This was all part of who he is. He wanted us to see that he was the person of hope. As I sat with this passage this week, um, it was really real to me because I sat in many conversations where people were experiencing real pain and were hitting points of of death in their life. Not to mention all the, the news stories that we hear of floods and earthquakes and the damage that that does. I was moved this week when I thought on how God longs with us for all these things. He's not just a distant God, that watches these things happen, but he's a God that feels the groan and the longing with us. He longs with us for all things to be made well when we face death, when we face destruction, or when we sense the groaning of creation. In the book of Romans chapter eight, the apostle Paul reminds us that this groaning of creation is in sync with the groaning of the spirit in us as we feel our longing for God and worry, or even anger for all the things that we see that we just want to be made right. So even we have a personal spirit of God who cries with us too. Pain, trials, and suffering in our bodies. Those things are real and we can't turn away from it. We can't ignore it. In this real place, we feel the groan, or longing, this is the place where God is. This is the, the place where God shows up. So when our bodies ache, and when death feels close, when our world seems like it's going crazy, and when our relationships unravel and seem um, upended or just frazzled, we have a God who is there with us giving us hope. He's the God of hope. But as this Sunday is the, on the return of Christ, the final return, I also felt a challenge to, to think about why do I actually believe this? Like, is this going to happen? Is God actually going to return and make all things right? And I think it's important for us to, to ask those questions. How do we know that God will come again and be the king who will come in power and glory? We have a a history as Christians of knowing a God who is faithful to what he says. He's faithful to his promise. He's not like humans who make promises and then just break them. But he says what he means and does what he says. Also, scripture tells us of moments where Throughout history, people who love God had been longing for him. We learn of the Israelites in scripture who are longing for their Messiah to be born. We also learn of angels in the nativity scene, giving messages to shepherds, carpenters, and women that he would come. And he did. Christians down through the ages who know that they have a God also that didn't just come as a little baby in Bethlehem, but we have a God who meets us in the here and the now. A God who draws close, who talks to us as a friend and shows up in our world, in the faces of the people around us, in the moments of quiet prayer, in great wonders, in signs, in healings, in setting captives free and resurrecting dead things. That gets me excited. We as Christians in God's kingdom find strength and comfort now as we trust the promises given of Christ's final coming. There's this scene that the prophet Isaiah wrote that I love that talks about the final coming of Christ. It's from Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 and 9, and it says, On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will prepare for all peoples a banquet of rich food, a banquet of fine wines, of food rich and juicy, of fine strained wines. On this day, he will remove the mourning veil covering all peoples and the shroud enwrapping all nations. He will destroy death forever. The Lord will wipe away the tears from every cheek. He will take away his people's shame everywhere on earth. For the Lord has said so. That day it will be said, See, this is our God in whom we have hoped for salvation. The Lord is the one in whom we have hoped. We exalt and rejoice that he has saved us. So knowing that we have this God of hope who will come, What does this mean for us today as we sit here in our little community? I sense God uh, saying to us to not cover our face, to not be the people who won't see, to be the people that will be awake to see the signs of the times. I also sense a second um, invitation to see again afresh the God who is true hope, who is the true hope. And that as we talk about hope this week and reflect on it, that it won't be a force kind of um, put on face, but it will be a hope that we believe in a God who has kept his word and will keep his word now and when we see him again face to face.